0: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Minnesota is now the latest state to legalize recreational marijuana. Across the U.S., 23 states currently allow the drug's medical and recreational use, and that number is only set to grow in coming years. By the end of 2023, the U.S. cannabis industry is expected to bring in more than $31 billion. Brightfield Group, a top cannabis research firm, predicts that sales will exceed $50 billion by 2028. In comparison, the agriculture, forestry, fishing, and hunting sector, which is made up of more than 22,000 companies, brought in around $40 billion last year. With so many states leaning into legalization, new business opportunities are popping up across the country. But is enough being done to include people who've historically been harmed most by the war on cannabis? One expert researcher, Akwasi Owusu-Bempa,
0: chimes in. The industry's proposed to generate billions of dollars of revenue moving forward, and we see hundreds of millions of dollars coming in in different legal jurisdictions. And we think it's extremely important that the very people who have been harmed by bad policy have an opportunity to benefit from both the financial gains that can be made from legal cannabis, but as well as have the opportunity to work in a new industry and develop business and technical skills. And So again, when we look at some of these new states that have come online, they have different models that are often referred to as social equity. And so social equity applicants are those who've been harmed or those who come from communities that have been over And they may be not only eligible for priority licenses or carved-out licenses specifically for equity applicants to participate in the legal industry, but also different types of supports, for example, support with accounting and other kinds of technical skills.
1: Akwasi Awusu-Bempa is a professor of sociology at the University of Toronto and the director of research for the Campaign for Cannabis Amnesty. He's also the co-author of the new book, Waiting to Inhale, He says that states that have legalized marijuana are creating some social equity channels, but so much more still needs to be done.
0: Again, recognizing that some of the skills and the networks that might be able to assist people in this respect have been stripped from many communities and by the war on crime and the war on drugs. And so we think that inclusion, where people want it in legal cannabis, is extremely important. And we see the cannabis industry Despite the diversity in cannabis arrests, we do not see that being reflected in the legal industry itself, and we believe that needs to change.
1: According to the American Civil Liberties Union, or the ACLU, there were 8.2 million marijuana arrests between 2001 and 2010. Almost 90% were for having a small amount of cannabis on hand at the time of the stop. In addition, the arrest data showed that despite almost equal usage rates— African-Americans were almost four times more likely than whites to be arrested for marijuana. While this category of convictions has steadily fallen over the last decade, Owusu Bempa notes that for those already charged, their criminal record follows them to this day.
0: Even if an individual is not sentenced to a period of incarceration for a simple cannabis possession offense, they have a criminal record now, right? And then an individual with a criminal record has a more difficult time completing their education. They have a more difficult time engaging in the labor market. They have a more difficult time maintaining stable housing it just becomes so much more difficult to participate in everyday life in a way that you could if you did not have a criminal record. And again, we're talking millions of people with cannabis related records. And so their lives become much, much, much more difficult as a result of their inability or their lessened ability, I should say, to participate in normal social life. They're more likely to re-engage with the criminal justice system for one reason or another. It can exacerbate mental health issues, create a host of different problems, and we need to remember as well that these individuals are not the only ones affected. Many of these people are parents or breadwinners in a family or an individual that contributes to a family, and so those families become harmed by that criminal record as well. This also extends to the
1: communities that have been historically targeted for cannabis enforcement. As a result, these neighborhoods and the people within them have become trapped in a bubble.
0: And we can see this in the statistics. Police do a great job of generating data. Policing is a data-driven enterprise. And the police have to justify their activities to their superiors and often to elected politicians to justify further funding. And so we have really good data demonstrating kind of levels of drug law enforcement, even down to the neighborhood or even the block level. And so you can see areas that have been really seriously targeted and, and largely for drug enforcement. Those neighborhoods then, of course, suffer from an extension of the problems that the individuals and the families face. You think about something as simple as getting a job. Again, the old saying goes, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Well, if you live in a heavily criminalized neighborhood, that social network that you have access to doesn't have the same social capital and resources as one that is not as heavily criminalized.
1: He highlights that before widespread marijuana legalization took place, local and federal governments spent billions of dollars on the war against cannabis.
0: And this is money that in the neighborhoods that have been most targeted isn't going to schools, to hospitals, community centers, community health centers, job skills and trainings programs. The very types of things that we need to have healthy and vibrant communities and to help people within those communities succeed. And so what we're also seeing in some legal jurisdictions is a portion of the tax revenues generated from legal cannabis sales going back into the communities that have most been harmed by cannabis law enforcement. And it's going to the very types of programs and supports that have largely been underfunded.
1: One barrier is that because marijuana isn't federally legalized yet, these regulations vary widely and there's no overarching consensus on how to make amends. Awusu Subempa believes that marijuana will eventually be legalized at the federal level, but can't give a specific prediction on whether this is two or 20 years away. But for now, he says that improvements and reparations can still occur at the state level.
0: This can be done in three ways. The first is clearing the criminal records of people who've been convicted of activities that are no longer illegal. And downgrading offenses or downgrading sentences to align with the downgrading of offenses, post-legalization. The second piece is inclusion in the legal cannabis industry for the individuals most harmed and those around them. And then the third is really a redistribution of a portion of the revenues, the tax revenues from legal sales back in those communities most harmed.
1: One specific proposal is to create a state-led initiative that works to clear the criminal record of anyone who's been convicted for a behavior that's no longer illegal, with the prime goal being to erase past cannabis charges.
0: We see great models that have emerged. Code for America has partnered with a number of American jurisdictions now. They've got a tool called Clear My Record, and they can quite literally let an algorithm loose on court and conviction data to identify the appropriate criminal records and automatically file those with the courts. It was first used in San Francisco with respect to cannabis records and subsequently has spread across the country. And that's a great model. It gives these individuals, again, a second chance.
1: But where should you start if you're looking to get help or want to volunteer at one of these organizations?
0: Depending on the jurisdiction you're in, if you're in a legal jurisdiction, if you simply Google social equity and marijuana or cannabis and your state resources like state level and then municipal level resources might come up in terms of actual organizations or groups the last prisoner project is doing some work in this area they're an organization that tahira my co-author is affiliated with and sits on the board of there's the minority cannabis business association the drug policy alliance is another good resource just kind of around you know reform to drug policy but i'd certainly say the last prisoner project And the Minority Cannabis Business Association would be two good places. Thankfully, you know, many of the jurisdictions that have gone legal have the programs and the initiatives are imperfect, but they have fairly good resources available on websites and for people to access.
1: To find out more about the cannabis industry and our guest, Akwasi Awusu Bempa, head to ViewpointsRadio.org. Also, check out the book he co-authored titled Waiting to Inhale, Cannabis Legalization and the Fight for Justice, now available online and in select bookstores. For more behind-the-scenes, search Viewpoints Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This segment was written by our executive producer, Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. This segment is brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights when you book through Capital One Travel. Plus, 2X miles on all other purchases. Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Coming up next week. African-American horsemen never
0: left the racetrack. They have always had a really significant role. The
1: forgotten contributions of fearless horse jockeys like Isaac Murphy. Then. Once you cross the event horizon, your continued fall is inevitable. There is nothing you can do to halt your decline. Understanding the dark, mysterious abyss that is a black hole. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints.